Welcome, David, to Talks on God with David. Thank you. What a, how it's so wonderful to have you here. To match the name of the... I know. It's just coincidence. You know, it's not about you. That's wild. Wow, how these things work out. These <laughs> things, they just work out that way. <laughs> well, uh, if you're up for it, based on what we're just talking about, let's let's readdress the five human values video we did when did we do the five human values back in march march 9th nice for those of you who want to go back to that video yeah and uh, we talked about the five human values let's see if i can if i can remember them by my notes truth righteousness peace love and uh ahimsa right so uh you tell me what you were saying earlier about that, because maybe we can pare it down a little bit. Well, what came to mind afterwards is I remember uh, Baba saying, he said, um, he said, of all spiritual techniques, he goes, really, you only need one or two. He goes, you don't need them all, just one or two. And he said, of the five human values, the ancients um, believe that all they needed was truth and righteousness, and that would allow you to achieve the goal of a human birth. So I think that's worth uh, that's worth talking about. Truth Is it kind of like you know all the things that people would say, or that God wants, or that people think God wants, and then Jesus said, "Yeah, but all the all the prophets hang on this." Love God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. Kind of like a distillation like that. Yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly right. And um, like I said, it took me a while to understand the five human values. Um, but um, if you go back and watch that, watch that one, right? But so truth, I came to understand, is not practicing being factually accurate all the time but truth boils down to contemplating truth right and and then i have to boil that down further because baba said uh he said it's only true if it's always been true and always will be true so if you think about that, what does that uh, what does that eliminate from the category of truth? Most everything. Yeah, <laughs> I'm David. Are you? Yeah. How, how have you always been David? Will you always be David? No. All right. Well, then that's not true. Yeah. Well, give me another truth. Sky is blue. Okay. Has there always been a sky? Will there always be a sky? Well, no. All right. Well, that's not true. Give me another one. Yeah. So it boils down to really, in my understanding, the only truth is that all there is is God. All there is is God. Yeah. Because that's the only thing that has always been and will always be. Everything else you know, anything that came into being will also go out of being. Yep. Can't say, well, the universe is true. No, the universe has a lifespan. Much, much longer than ours, right? But still, it's a lifespan. Yep. 
So then, so the only thing that's true, and Baba would also say the only thing that's true and real is that which has always been true and always been real. So I guess you could say the only thing is real is also always been true. So that once again boils it down to God. And and I would say even the, it, it, I'd boil it down even further that it has to be the absolute unmanifest aspect of God. That's the only thing that is real and true. Yeah, because anything manifested inherently is going to have change. The change and come out of being. It's like came into being. Anything that has a birth has a death, right? So the manifested aspect of God is also came into being. It will also at some point leave being. So then the only thing real and true is the absolute unmanifest aspect of God, right? So I think it's in contemplation of that, that you begin to practice truth, that really the only thing that's real is God. So then what happens is that in the light of that, then you begin to see all the infinite manifestations as a temporary phenomenon, a temporary phenomenon of the permanent reality of which is God, right? So in a sense, you could say you're contemplating the oneness of all things. Mm -hmm. So it's in the contemplation of the oneness of all things that it now starts to have a profound effect on your consciousness. So for me, and I think for anyone that really contemplates that, I think it begins to purify your heart. So you begin to start to see past uh, the appearance of the many and begin to perceive the reality of the one. So you could say, okay, well, that probably is quite life-changing. was for me. Right? Mm -hmm. And so then... He said, the thing, the two things they practice is truth and righteousness. Well, from truth, as you practice truth, it begins to purify your heart where you begin to now perceive the one in the many. And I think as you begin to perceive the one in the many, it purifies your heart. And from a pure heart, you more accurately feel the movement of God within you to operate from that reality. And to me, that's the lower definitions of, of, uh, of um, uh, Dharma in the uh, Eastern philosophy is, well, there's a Dharma of a householder, a married man, Dharma of a businessman, Dharma, Dharma of a king, Dharma of a policeman. To me, that's all lower levels of dharma to me true dharma or righteousness is acting from the promptings of that pure heart so yeah. as you purify your heart you feel the promptings of divinity within you more accurately right <laughs> so to do what's right and good and fair and truthful and compassionate and as you do that it, it well then so you have truth, truth leads to righteousness, righteousness leads to uh, peace. This is from the five human values. And where there's peace, then love springs, divine love, may all the beings in all the worlds be happy, right? And where there's, uh, where there's truth, righteousness, love and peace, 
than the flower of ahimsa, which is which is really tr truly wanting that all all beings in all the worlds find their way home. Yeah, or maybe even seeing seeing all the beings as not the other. Well, that's that's truth, truth. As you practice truth, that's practicing seeing all beings as part of the one which of which you are that right and then that purifies yeah. the heart acting from the pure heart is righteousness one where there's righteousness you begin to feel peace you begin to feel this peace in your heart right mm -hmm. and when you have peace in your heart the next uh sacred feeling or vibrational frequency that begins to emanate is divine love mm -hmm. which you really want everyone to to find their, you know, way home, and then ahimsa is is the totality of that, which uh, which is, I believe, that truly blessing, wishing to bless all beings with that love and being of some service, in whatever way uh, to your 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 own divinity prompts you to to think, act, and, mm. and speak. I've. I've um... I've been setting up these reminders to remind myself to to keep watching uh, as as in the noticer of this separate i the separate identity that keeps choosing things and the separate identity called Javon that that uh, thinks it's going to get better when I achieve something or thinks I'm going to be happy when someone else is happy or whatever there's myriad things that javon wants or doesn't want that's going to change the future right. that it thinks it has and so the reminder though is not necessarily to change that the reminder that i have set is to remind myself to to look <laughs> to, to look at that thing happening um and it seems like it's when you're talking about how tuning into the unmanifested these unmanifested aspects it's it's just taking like one step back metaphorically of course but one step back to get out of the manifested because i'm up to my eyeballs and manifested yeah. so easy to be completely consumed with manifested yeah. as opposed to just notice i'm noticing or notice that i'm wanting or notice that i'm miserable or notice that i'm happier and then the noticer it seems to be one step closer to that unmanifest unmanifested aspect yeah. is how, how do you see that well, so once again, like I said, what what um what I find really key is uh, you know with, like Nancy Dennison talks about and others too. I I've read some other ones, uh, uh, near death experiencers that they they all talk about uh, a lot of them talk about that in when you leave your body, you can basically do almost anything through intention and attention right so i think what you're doing with moving your attention to observe you're moving it one step higher in frequency so let's just say the low frequency that we experience is i am david david's real david's got to go to work uh, David's dealing with this. He's happy about it. David's dealing with this. He's not happy about it. Just so that's that's like buying completely into the illusion. 
mm. right? Which is then primarily acting from the mind and the thoughts, right? So pulling it one step back is to observe you thinking and acting. So in order to observe you, you have to uh, pull pull away, right? And, and which direction are you pulling? You're pulling towards a slightly higher frequency when you start to observe the manifested aspect of yourself, mm -hmm. right? The only thing that can't be observed is your true self can't be observed. So any, anything that you can observe is not your true self, mm. right? It's, it's like the ancient uh, spiritual practice of neti, 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 not this, not this, not this. Like, who am I? Well, I'm not this. Then who am I? Well, maybe I'm, I'm this. Well, can I observe that? Yeah, I can. Well, that's not the true me, right? So all those to me are uh, techniques of moving your focus of attention to higher levels, right? So there's the negation, right? And then what I found works fairly well for me is rather than a negation, than an affirmation. Who am I that is infinite peace? And so you ask it, but you're not asking it, you know, like, um, who am I that's infinite peace? Who am I that's infinite? No, it's like, who am I that <clears throat> is infinite peace? And you're turning, then you turn your attention inward. And the answer comes either as increased silence or a feeling of like peace. So it's like uh, what I realized one of the secrets of chanting Om is, of course, get the chant right because the vibration is rising, raising frequency. But the real secret of chanting Om is the silence between the chants. You know, um, it's that silence afterwards. That's like that ohm is like opening the door and you start to move through it to deeper levels of, of consciousness in the silence right so you could also say it's you can apply the same thing that you begin to it's between your thoughts in the brief moments when you're first starting between your thoughts of the quiet it's like that's starting to crack the door open to a deeper level of consciousness where you start to move away from the illusion of the uh, individuated self. And so that's beyond mind. Because you can, you, you know, you just think, who, who am I? And just think about it, think about it, think about it. Well, the mind is what keeps you locked into the Maya of your an individual, but it's in the feelings, the sacred feelings, which are the energetics without the thought or the silence that you begin to shift that attention to higher levels of consciousness. So 
any of those techniques, but it, it's like, Bobby used to confuse the hell out of me where he'd say, okay, he says, okay, yeah. He says, so in order to, to, to achieve the, the, the goal of life, you need to chant the name of God. And he goes, that's basically the only thing I'll work. And then other times he goes, no, well, you have to write the name of God, right? Or you have to do good work. And he'll say, oh, these are all very important for you to achieve the goal of life. And then, then he'll come around another time. He goes, none of those will get you there. <laughs> he goes, none of those will get you there. It's like, what? What are you doing? What are you? So I finally realized what he was saying is there was two parts to it. The one part was using the mind to raise the sacred feelings. Once you do that, you stop using the mind and put your attention into the sacred feelings or the silence. That's That will get you there. Because all the rest of it is still of the mind, which is the trap that will never let you go. You know, it's like, uh, it just reminds me of... Uh, some of the stories, I don't know, if it's Hercules or Ulysses or whatever, where he had to clean out the stables of this king. There's just no way to do it. You got so many horses pooping in there. It's a never-ending job. So but what he did is he diverted a whole river and it just washed the whole thing out, right? So another one was this giant ball of rope that he said, you got to untangle that well no one could find the end there was just no way to do it so once again he took a sword and cut it in half so all those to me were just a symbolic of there's approaching awakening through the mind and then there's going beyond mind so if you're approaching it as mind things never it's never going to happen every labyrinth the other one is the labyrinth some i don't know labyrinth there was a monster in there and the labyrinth you get down in the labyrinth you, you just get lost in there you'll never find your way out right so those are all to me uh symbolic of the mind and and, <clears throat> and trying to awaken through the mind well the proper way to awaken through the mind is use the mind to uh generate a high frequency feeling or emotion or or what my teacher would call sacred feeling or uh, or emotion and then stopping the thinking and put your attention into that feeling and then boom then that that can begin to take you to full awakening as you begin to practice spending more and more time in that uh beingness right that's what we talked about last time do once again doing versus being doing is of the mind doing of, is of the mind you'll never clear the stables out you'll never figure out the labyrinth you'll never untangle that knot you can do all you want so even some of your spiritual practices if you think about it some of your spiritual practices you're doing in order to slip into being right as you start to do the forgiveness you're you're turning within and you begin to feel higher frequency vibration as a sacred feeling and then if you just get into being feeling moving your attention into that those feelings that's when it all just opens up mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it's so easy to be addicted to thought structures. Well, you know, God knows how many lifetimes we've had as humans. It's just, you know, it's it's uh it's like, you know, if you uh if you got a ox cart, right, with two wheels and you you've been running in the same road for your whole life, you're gonna have some pretty deep grooves in that road where you ran over it over and over and over and it's digging deeper and deeper grooves in the road it gets harder and harder and harder to get out of that road mm-hmm. so that's how it's been in our human experiences of lifetime after lifetime after lifetime of doing and thinking our way through a human life mm-hmm. it, it's a really uh deeply ingrained habit but once you begin to slip out of it even a little bit it, it once you become aware that there's a easier superior method of living this human life then as you begin to feel the peace and the joy and the success of it, it it just starts to i call the path of joy starts to pull you into it just because yeah it's just so much better mm. like your practice the more you do your practice the more you feel that peace right mm-hmm. the more you go yeah this is what i'm looking for but this is the underlying science of all practices that work. You use the mind to raise frequency. Like, who am I? That is love everywhere. And then just get quiet. And what will happen is your higher self and your subconscious, you, you ask questions like that, really sincerely, your conscious mind will go, well, I guess it can come up with something. I mean, you can train your conscious mind to come up with something, but you really don't want to train it to come up with something. You want it to just go, I don't know. I can't answer that. And your subconscious will go, oh, 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 I know, I know, I know. Here, feel this. Right. Oh, I feel some peace. And who am I that is that peace? Everywhere. Once again, the the conscious mind when you said who am i that piece might start coming up with an answer but add a few more you know descriptors on it like peace everywhere beyond time and space and and your conscious mind goes i don't know sometimes go okay i know i know i know and start you start to feel that feeling of peace and you start to feel some expansion so it's best once somebody kind of leads you through it but i mean you can make a, a tape recording and just just do it and then just when you start to feel that expansion and that peace, turn the thing off and just put your attention into that beingness of that frequency. Yeah. And you feel you feel that just start to take off. I told you, you take a whole room full of people into that. And they're all just gone. They're just blissed out. And they, when I say, okay, when you're ready, open your eyes. Nobody wants to open their eyes. They take forever. And then finally, when they open their eyes, they go, any questions? Never. There's never any questions. Because when you slip into beingness and you begin to taste who you truly are, there's nothing left to want, to fear, to ask about. It's just you begin to feel the perfection of who you are. And there's really nothing left. It isn't until the frequency starts to come down 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 that hands start to come up back up and the questions come back as you know as the frequency lowers back mm-hmm. into the point where this body is real and i am david again 
We did that exercise, I think, back in February in one of our videos. Yeah. Yeah, we did a little bit of it. Did a little bit of it. But but usually what I'll do is I first do a spiritual talk where I see I'm raising everybody's frequency, right? Then it's much easier to take them into that. Like if you're busy watching um, the latest John Wick movie, you know who John Wick is? Yeah, it's that. Right? You're just all hyped up on all that and then you go okay who am i that's love everywhere forget it it's like uh it's like climbing stairs you know if if they took off the bottom 10 stairs and you got to jump to get the first one you're not gonna make it but if you can wheel some step ladder over to cover those those bottom 10 stairs now you can get climb that up and that's kind of what I'll do with people is I'll ramp up their consciousness first with a spiritual talk. And when I see they're, they're all kind of getting pulled into higher consciousness, then I can say, okay, let's, let's do this. Close your eyes. I want you to answer this inside your head. Who, who are you? Who are you? That is love everywhere. And then I'll let that sit for a little bit. Who are you? That is love beyond time and space. That has always been and will always be. And who are you? That is infinite peace in the hearts of every living being in all universes. Who are you that is pure bliss every So once you start going into that state, you don't even want to talk. You don't want to think because you begin to feel it. It's like coming home. It's like coming home. And what that is, is just, it just goes to show you, I mean, we are pieces of God. And you don't have to sit on a mountain cross-legged, half-starved for 30 years to begin to experience it. You already are. So if you understand how simple it is to begin to raise your attention to higher frequencies, and then you instantly begin to feel it. And as that feeling gets stronger and stronger, the conscious mind now sits off to the side and just gets quiet. In the presence of that high frequency, the conscious mind gets quiet. And as the conscious mind gets quiet, you just, that joy it's like it's like the door opens right and there's all your best friends and they got your favorite food and your favorite music it's like oh, oh. And you just you just just walk right in 
And then when somebody outside, hey, hey, Javon, come back, come back out. It's like, no, 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 not yet. Wait, no, no, not yet. Come on, come back. No, 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 no. So then I'd say, okay, when you're ready, open your eyes. And people, and I'd give people as much time as they want. Most of them did not want to open their eyes. Because they were just home to some extent. Mm -hmm. And that's just dipping your foot. That's dipping your toe into home. That's just the littlest taste. But once you begin to realize, oh, my God, it's just right there. And this is what Bob would talk about. He goes, the tragedy of the human experience, he says, it's like a man standing in a river of the coolest, purest, freshest water and dies of thirst. <laughs> All he got to do is reach down, get a handful of, of the best water ever had in his life and drink as much as he wants. Mm -hmm. You are sat chit ananda and i can never even always remember <laughs> it's like it's like awareness beingness and bliss that's your true nature you are you're aware that you are and you are pure bliss even now i'm having a hard time just even speaking but I'm I, I'm not speaking from conscious mind. I'm just speaking from letting my higher consciousness just flow, right? So I mean, then that's it. It's just that simple. And I think it's understanding the the principle of that. Then that can be applied to all kinds of ways, right? Mm -hmm. So with your technique, when you see whatever, it's like you know, forgive me. Forgive me for my lack of love, my lack of forgiveness, and and then whatever. I mean, then to me, it's like, may you find your peace and joy. May you awaken to who you are, right? So there's like the negation, negation, uh, the silence, and then there's the the affirmation is is the love, peace, right? So, I mean, it's just, you're just playing with the concept of by using the mind to tune in higher frequency uh, uh, consciousness that you experience as what Baba would say, sacred feelings. It's bringing up sacred feelings, which is how you're experiencing high frequency consciousness that the mind gets quiet and you move into beingness. That's the trick. So you use the mind to raise high frequency consciousness. So, I mean, you could, it could be a, a, a scripture. It could be, who am I? That's love or forgive me, you know, for, for, for my judgment. And I see you as, as God or whatever. But the trick is you understand what you're trying to do is you first raise high frequency feelings and then you shift your attention to the feeling. Right. The example I give before is uh, it's like, let's just say your mom makes you for your birthday once a year, the most incredible dessert you ever had in your life. Right. But you don't just turn on the TV and just shovel it down your face while you're watching the TV. You go, okay, everybody just give me a moment here. Oh, 
Oh, you're putting your awareness into your mouth, right? And you're just going, oh my God, this tastes so good. You're putting your attention onto your taste buds, right? So it's the same thing. Use your mind to generate high frequency consciousness, whether it's a scripture or a song or a sunset or the face of your baby, right? Whatever, where you feel those joyful, loving, peaceful feelings in your heart, then you put your awareness on the feelings and they'll start to expand. It's like, when I say, who are who am I? Who are you that's love everywhere? And then I'll throw in other things in case the conscious mind is still trying to hold on and answer the questions. Maybe you think you're pretty freaking smart and you go, well, who am I that's love? I'm just a piece of God. Well, who are you, who, who are you that's love everywhere? Uh, okay, well, I'm still a piece of God. Who are you infinite bliss in the hearts of all beings throughout time and space? At that point, I'm trying to shake the conscious mind off. So finally, it just gives up because even even if you think you're so freaking smart, you go, oh, conscious mind gives up, right? But you got to be willing to do that. I mean, if you want to be just a smart aleck and go, well, I'm, you know, I am the, and just keep giving answers from the mind. Okay, you've lost the opportunity for me to help you to higher levels of consciousness. You have to be willing to go there, right? But as you begin to feel it, and then I do it a few more times. At that point, the conscious mind's off in the corner sucking its thumb. And the subconscious then pulls you to the superconscious. And the superconscious goes, I'll give you a tour. Come on. Off we go. Right? And off you go. And it's like those people who have the near-death experience. Not near-death. It's temporary death. They're dead. And they're experiencing their true nature. And they're experiencing, you know, God at levels they never remember experiencing before as this infinite love and then they go yeah but you're not done down there so you got to go back it's always like <laughs> don't send me back <laughs> no right so it's kind of you get a little taste of it with this once you start to feel that it's like so if you're doing it your, on your own, you don't have to come back till it begins to slip away, right? So maybe you sit there in deep bliss for 10 minutes. Maybe it goes on for a half hour. Maybe it's an hour where you have, where you do, it's a form of meditation, right? That's a type of meditation. And so just stay. And then at some point, you'll feel yourself slipping back to a normal level of consciousness. And that's fine because every time you do it, I think you expand your capacity to stay in it longer and go deeper in it. And what's happening is I think with all that, your patterns, all your patterns in your subconscious start to disintegrate. Your sense of the small self begins to disintegrate. And more and more, you begin to feel your true nature. So you begin to operate more and more from that. So I think that's the road to, as Jesus would say, that's a, a, the disciples at one point said, you know, you're always talking about the Father. Could you show us the Father? And he goes, don't you understand if you see me, you see the Father? Because his small self had completely 
disintegrated. I don't know if it, he finished it in his life as Jesus or he finished it in previous lives or whatever. But at that moment, he says, don't you understand? Have you seen me you see the father? And that's what happens is as your small self begins to disintegrate more and more and more, you more purely manifest divinity. So people, you know, you become incredibly attractive to people because everybody loves the infinite creator, whether they realize it or not. So the more you're manifesting that divine love, the more people just want to be around you. And, and, and it's important to not get an ego thing like, oh my God, I'm so great. But realize it's just as you begin to, you feel more joy when you begin to manifest divinity. And of course, other people will too. So you don't think, oh, David is God. It's there's no David. David's an illusion that caught me up on most of my life. It never was real. The only thing real about me is God. So then you don't take that to energize the small self or the illusion of the small self, right? You feel that. We call it ego, right? When, when you're beginning to feel divinity within you and then you stimulate your ego, either somebody stimulates, oh, Javon, you're just so amazing. You know, you're special. And it's mm -hmm. like if you buy into it, you start feeling the divinity just evaporating <laughs> because you're energizing the illusion, which is cutting off. It's bringing your attention down to the illusion. So I, I, I we've talked about this before. I used to just wonder how the heck do I deal with that so the yeah, way i i deal with so it you know dave we got 60 seconds and the video is going to end i'll have to cut it off there till next time yep god willing that's good well thank you again for today thank you brother <laughs>